freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airline Studio. And Brooke Roar, you are. And Brooke, you are. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Salk. Let's get fire! Oh, yes, hello. <clears throat> hello, it is Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710. SeattleSports.com, Seattle Sports app, and all the podcast platforms out there as well. It is the day after the All-Star Game. It has been quite some time since I've gone to back-to-back nights of any kind of a game. And, wow, you're, my voice is probably going to let you know about that over the course of the day today. It is loud, right? And you're talking and a lot louder than you normally would. And so, yeah, I, uh, I'll do the best I can with you guys today. I Does hope it uh, feel a little bit like you woke up the day after like a close relative's wedding. And you're like, oh, wow, two days of like you had the rehearsal dinner and then you had the wedding and then it's like, oh, okay, back to normal. A little bit. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> could have used the brunch this morning, though. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, where's yeah. the little goodbye wedding brunch that you usually get on Sunday? I could have used that today. Yeah. There's a little bit of a recovery mode. And I, I saw a lot of people I knew last night and. Many had that same feeling. I mean, I saw my buddy Rob. He could barely talk after a couple of days. He had been at Nelly the night before. I heard from a few people that Nelly went late into the night. I'm glad I didn't try yeah, to go. So Sounds like it went until like one thirty or so. So I, you know, obviously could, didn't have that in me and coming in here the next morning. But well, the St. Lunatics all had to perform. A bunch of them had to perform. Was Murphy well, Lee? You know what I should have asked? This was Murphy Lee there? I, I, so. I, I would have like. Guy? Yeah, I'm sort of a Murphy Lee guy. Uh, I like the way he sings on air, his his verse on Air Force Ones. I think so. Uh, what a night last night, huh? All of us were there. We uh, we had a really good time. I think each of us completely individually. Although I saw more for a little while, and obviously we all marveled at Justin and his white jacket on uh, on on everywhere he was and what he was doing yesterday. Was this whole thing. He is wearing it today. So if you happen to tune in to the uh, to the live video yeah. stream. You can see the the jacket that was nearly purchased by any number of players <laughs> I who saw it on the field. So badly, I would have thought about that. Brock's right; that would have been a good way to respond to that question. We didn't get any new offers last night. Uh, you know, actually, I saw a lot of people wearing it at the ballpark last oh, really? night. So I'd like to think that maybe after they saw it in the home run derby, they're like, "Actually, I'm going to need one of those." And went to the team store and picked themselves up. So one. you think you were sort of a trendsetter in that regard? I mean, I'm not going to say I'm not a trendsetter. Right? Anymore. No, that's fair. A lot of things to uh, to talk about from last night, but I, I think honestly the one that that is biggest to me is just, and I found myself sort of, I guess just proud, proud of our city. And I put it on social media last night, which is a huge mistake. Never say that you're proud to be in Seattle or to live in Seattle because all you'll hear is how awful Seattle is from people that live that outside live of Seattle, yeah, yeah. which is fine. I and mean, we've had people like that around. That's okay. Like, people who don't live in the city of Seattle like to say a lot of negative things about the city of Seattle. And people that don't live in the Seattle area don't know anything about it. But just being there last night, and I don't mean the city of Seattle. I mean the region of Seattle when I say it. I was proud last night. It, it, I thought the city showed up great. It was an absolutely perfect night. You could not ask for a night that was more descriptive of summer in Seattle. No doubt. Right? I mean, the weather was Absolutely perfect, not too hot, absolutely warm enough for whatever you were wearing, shorts, you know, short sleeve shirts, whatever. It was not a cloud in the sky. It was the crazy, awesome sunset that was super late, essentially after the game ended. 
right? I mean, people walking out to bright daylight at the end of a baseball game that started at night, that doesn't really <laughs> happen, especially one that was extra long because of the three-minute breaks between and everything else. They had time yesterday. I don't know other people know this if you weren't at the ballpark, but uh, Justin, I know you noticed this, and more, I wonder whether you did or not. Seventh inning stretch. They had time for both the Macklemore song and Louie Louie. It felt good, right? If you know what it made it me think? Spot, do it there. Ditch Macklemore and go back to Louie Louie. Man, it was great. I feel like the pulse from the people that I've gotten is there's a little um, exhaustion with Macklemore being so present in every single sporting event yeah. in this community for ha- how many years now? Yeah, it's it's sort of becoming like... <laughs> like, do we have any other artists? Right. <laughs> Seriously. And yet, again, I felt the same thing in the crowd last night, is every time they went to, like, the Seattle grunge stuff, the crowd kind of came to life as opposed to a lot of the newer stuff that the DJ was playing. So, look, I, that's sort of what Seattle has been known for, for, you know, going on 30 years now. So, I, that's probably not a huge surprise. Anyway, it was a great night. Julio handled everything just with a plum. He was awesome. It was cool to see Kirby out there. I know he gave up a couple of hits, but he, you know, was throwing 98 and handled himself very, very well in that situation. It is it is interesting to see how pitching dominates baseball right now. Three two game, right? And and like all of those home all of those runs except for what one come off a home run. I mean, like that is baseball. If you like, if you think it's just the Mariners, plenty of strikeouts, not a lot of offense, and we're talking about the best hitters in the game, right? Mm-hmm. And for the most part, they can't do anything against the ridiculous pitching, and it doesn't even seem to matter. It's not like it's just Garrett Cole and and like you know the top guys that you know of. I mean, they got pitchers coming out of the bullpen in the All Star game, and they're the best. I mean, obviously they're they're all stars. But it's not like they're the brand name pitchers. And every one of them has like, you know, 98 with sink and 25 inches of run. And you're just like, who the heck are these guys? Right? Uh-huh. I, I, I don't know how anybody gets a hit in this game. So that was all uh, I thought very, very clear in watching is just how dominant the pitching really is in baseball today. And then, of course, the moment that I think will probably be talked about the most, and it was not a, a Julio moment, although certainly there were plenty of those throughout the game. And, and he his presence, I would say, loomed over the entire game. When was he going to come in? When was he going to get up? Will he make a play in the outfield? Right. I mean, just, you know, him going out to greet the kid who, who ran around the bases. There was a lot of Julio related stuff throughout the game. But. The thing that will be talked about the most was probably this. At the plate, righty delivers. Swing and a tapper foul. Come to Seattle. This is great. Listen to this. The one outside low. They didn't want to let it go. Shohei Otani was at the plate, and Mariners fans wanted to let him know how much they wanted him. <laughs> and it was very, very clear. Could you imagine if it that had, if he had actually participated in the home run derby, how much louder that chant would have been? It would he, have been nonstop. Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because they didn't have a lot of opportunity, right? He was up twice. Yep. He didn't do a whole lot at the plate. It was kind of, you know, a, a quick thing. But they did it, right? I mean, they gave it their best shot. 
shoot your shot, right? I mean, like, it's sort of the difference between, like, you're at a bar and somebody's about to leave and you get, like, a quick opportunity to try to ask for their number versus, like, hey, we're on the same kickball team together, so let's uh, hang out over the course of two hours. And they shot their shot, man. They didn't have a lot of time to do it. Shohei was there, and it turns out there was a little bit of something behind it. He heard it. He acknowledged it. He liked it. He said that he had never heard anything like that before. I wonder and no, I would say I expect that the next time the Angels come here, he will hear that nonstop then also. And I got to imagine that it was in some way meaningful to him. Does that mean he's going to come to Seattle? No. <laughs> Could it possibly influence it? Sure. Why not? Didn't he also say in that same quote that he spent a couple off seasons here? That's exactly what he said, Mora. He said that he loves Seattle and he spent some time here when he didn't have to. Well, that's a good sign. Great to hear. I don't know why he would want to come here in the baseball off season. It's fairly miserable during that time here. But yeah, how do we hey, know that? That's all right. I mean, I don't know. You think you and Shohei are hanging out at the same places? No, well, of course not. Awesome. I just think that somebody's going to well, be like, he wow. He causes quite the media yeah, frenzy. He can't go anywhere without people knowing. Well, he must have some sort of a secret hideaway here in Seattle. I mean, there's a couple other wealthy people around here. It's not like you see them wherever they go. So Fair point. I guess Shohei probably knows some of those secret spots. I don't I don't know. Maybe he's got an island in the San Juan. When you, when you finally get to talk to him, Justin, you'll have to ask him for some like restaurant recommendations <laughs> and secret places yeah. around the Seattle area that he likes likes to go to and not get spotted. No problem. I I don't know whether it'll influence him at all because we really don't know what it is that's going to help him make that decision. But if one of those things is atmosphere, the Mariners fans provided it. If one of those things is connection with a fan base, Mariners fans showed that they are absolutely on point when it comes to that. And especially after the last six years he spent in Anaheim with without fans, let alone ones who were willing to chant to him. I think that that difference, that dichotomy has to be very, very clear. Is that the thing that's going to tip the scales? I think we just don't know. So we'll wait. It's going to be an interesting offseason. He'll opt out, and then we'll all get to find out where Shohei wants to go because we'll find out what's most important to him. Is it money? Is it the city? Is it the organization? Is it the proximity to a World Series? We don't know any of that. We'll find out soon. I mean, like, it's not going to be that long from now before we find out what it is that Shohei really wants. But last night, really, really cool. Great job by every fan who was there. Seattle, I thought, really, really showed up in terms of its fan base, the city, the ballpark, all of it. A really, really great night last night. We'll come back, give you everything you need to know from that game and beyond. It's Brock and Salk, CL Sports on 710 CL need to know 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk here's what you need to know up first what a night in Seattle you can say what you want man but this city absolutely shows up for a big time event and that was obvious last night from the pregame party at the halfback to seeing the legends out there like Griffey and Edgar and Wilson and Buner throwing out and catching the first pitches from the meaningful run around the bases, which was awesome, to the beautiful weather and the clear daylight even after the game was ending. From the two great plays to start the game. Oh, my gosh. Here comes. Swing and a high fly ball. That's well struck. Left field. A Rosarena back at the wall. Jumps and he makes the catch. Oh, boy. A couple of great grabs. A couple of robberies in right and now in left. And Randy Rosarena stands Crossing his arms with the Randy Pose 
And there are two outs. Yeah, that was a pretty cool moment seeing first Garcia and then a Rosarena make back-to-back tremendous catches to start the game. It just lets you know that this was an all-star game. This was going to be fun. And it just continued on from there. You had those two great plays, and then it all ended with Julio taking a walk. Tucker, the runner at first, two down, three and two. Rodriguez waits. Here comes. Outside low ball four. He walked him. And now it'll be left up to Jose Ramirez. Unfortunately, Jose Ramirez struck out and the American League lost for the first time in nine years. The National League is finally on top. Of course, it would end in a one-run game here in Seattle. That's just what we play here in this town. As for the Mariners, uh, Julio went 0 for 1, struck out and walked, as you heard there in the ninth. George Kirby gave up a run, but he was throwing hard. 98-99, it seemed every time. It was cool seeing just Julio being constantly cheered and honored, etc. I thought he had a pretty mature at-bat, given the crowd and the situation there in the ninth, to not just go swinging at everything. So that was cool. Castillo didn't pitch. He had pitched earlier in the week, and so he was not available uh, other than in an emergency basis. So great, great, great night at T-Mobile. And uh, it's not the last big event we're going to have here. Don't forget, Winter Classic is going to be there on uh, January 1st with the Kraken hosting Las Vegas at the same ballpark. And then we got the World Cup here in a couple of years. So, yeah, Seattle will be uh, on display, not just over the last week, but moving forward. Here's the second thing you need to know. Well, with all that being said, the most memorable moment of the night was probably the crowd twice chanting at Shohei Otani during his at-bats. Left-hand at the plate, righty delivers. Swing and a tapper foul. Come to Seattle. This is great. Listen to this. Deal one. Outside low. Well, first of all, they'd have to rename the Space Needle. Yeah. Uh, Space Otani. Right. And then, you know, wherever he goes, he's going to need a national monument. Well, I think that everyone here would be perfectly willing to make that happen. It was a really cool moment. And apparently, Shohei heard the message loud and clear. I don't know whether he'll take the advice, but apparently he's been spending more time here than we knew. Here's his quote after the game. Never experienced anything like that, but I definitely heard it. I was just trying to focus on my bat in the game. Every time I come here, the fans are passionate. They're really into the game, so it's very impressive. I actually spent a couple off-seasons in Seattle, so I like the city. It's beautiful. A very diplomatic answer for sure. I don't know whether or not it's true or meaningful or what it will portend for the future, but it's at least nice to know that Shohei is uh, a fan of ours just as uh, we're a fan of his. Here's the third thing you need to know. Final day of the draft yesterday as the Mariners made 10 more selections, including a local guy, Whit Watson, a right-hander out of Burlington who was taken in the 20th round. Congratulations to him and his family. Overall, 10 pitchers selected, nine of them right-handed. So, yeah, they've got a type. They only took four high school players, but they all came in the first four rounds and in four of their top six picks. So I guess the theme there for sure was upside. Sure seems as if they have their type 
when it comes to pitching, just reading about the guys that they were selecting. It was spin rate and the ability to throw a slider and do one thing maybe exceptionally well. They like those relievers in the later rounds that can throw sliders. And the question, of course, will be if they can find a type as it comes to bats, will they find some guys that they can develop and turn them into some significant major leaguers as they've not done a whole lot of that yet here during this uh, tenure. That is everything you need to know. And we do that quarter past every hour here on the Brock and Salk show. Was it fitting for you or did you think anything of it when the first two fly balls Ugh. get to the warning track? Right. <laughs> did that go, did that cross your mind like you know, it did mine right away? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend some time on this here at 7 o'clock, but Justin, the one word that I found myself thinking about all day yesterday was authenticity. Yeah. Everything about the experience last night was authentically Seattle, yeah. including those balls that didn't make it out that might have been another ballpark. Everything was authentically Seattle. It really did feel like this city. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's absolutely a part of it. One run game, right? Low scoring, couple of balls that might have been home runs that are instead caught in this ballpark. I mean, like you just felt the the Seattleness of the whole thing. There was only one thing that happened that was not authentically Seattle at all. And Mora probably didn't catch it. She was not bothered by it. But Justin, you must have been. Okay. The poor guy who was asked. It wasn't oh, you who was up yes, there. Yes, yes. You, you had the, uh, I, the, the, the year-long supply of eggs. Yeah, I'd get promotions. through the foul territory. Um, yeah. That we, name, Sirius XM's named that tune. That was a game that we'd been doing name for the that tune. week. And this poor guy <sighs> yeah. got even flow and couldn't, couldn't identify it. And... Ashley, I was talking to Ashley after the game. She was like, it wasn't like he said the wrong letter because it was like, you don't say A, B, or C. Oh, yeah, no, he said better, man. And because she's like, if he would have said the wrong letter that sounded enough like it, she's like, I could have been like, that's it. See, absolutely. (laughs) It's even flow. No, he straight up said better, man. I know. I think he panicked. He must have, because that was that was not a good moment. That was not a good look for Seattle. In my my short time of doing these games with fans, you do realize that when you ask a fan, like, hey, you want to play a game with us? And they're like, yeah, of course. And then they realize it's in front of 47,000 people, and they... Maybe that's not... Maybe I don't want to play (laughs) a game with you anymore. I got some egg questions that I'm going to have to ask you later. Uh, We'll do that coming up later in the show. Brock will be in at 7 o'clock. We had Jeff Passett in studio yesterday, and he made some comments on Julio that I think are very telling for the future. Stick around. Take a listen next. Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com. This, this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Wow, first time ever. Jeff Passan in the building today, ladies and gentlemen. How about that? Good morning, Jeffrey. It's great to have you here. Did I have to turn my microphone on? Yeah, there? that's the rules. When you're here, you got it. We make you do your own work. Good producing, more. Yeah, Thank you. no, we make you do all your own work. That's fine. Maura's so tall. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I wore heels today, so it's worse than normal. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the red carpet down at Pike Place yeah. Market, possibly. Are so, you? Yeah. yeah. As what? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Just a spy. I was going to say, well, you'll definitely be able to see over everyone. (laughs) Somehow she'll be able to see over Kirchin and Rosenthal and Buster and Keith Law. Keith's probably not here, but yes. And you. And me. I'm taller than most of that, that crew. That's a that's an exceptionally short crew. I was there's something about sports writers yeah. and baseball writers in particular, it's crazy that we're tiny. Hey, so uh, let's we only have you for a little while, so I want to make sure we we jump into this. You were there last night. Julio Rodriguez is finish the sentence. I, awesome is just so boring and easy, but it's the first thing that popped into my head you know okay i'll do it julio rodriguez i'm gonna do two words here julio rodriguez is a showman Mm -hmm. that's what he is he felt the energy of that place and knew exactly what he needed to do and i think he was willing to sacrifice winning the entire thing to go out and have one ridiculous round because isn't that what all the local fans are going to remember? Yep. This is not yes. going to be yep. the Vladimir Guerrero Jr. won the Derby. Mm-mm. Just in the same way that 2019 was not Pete Alonso mm-hmm. won the Derby. It was Vladimir Guerrero hit 40 home runs yep. in a round. And last year was the same way. I mean, Julio kind of won it last year without winning it. I know. Mm-hmm. And and here's the thing. One of these years, he's going to want to hoist the trophy above his head. Mm-hmm. But for now, he, like, you know... When he came up and J-Rod Show was sort of his nickname, I was just like, eh, that's, <laughs> that's an iffy nickname. I, I'm not a big fan. No, it fits because yeah. that's what he is. There, There is this magnetism about him. I saw it yesterday morning. By the way, I almost I, – I picked him to win the Derby on the, the pregame broadcast, and I almost didn't do it. Because he was up yesterday morning, like, at 8.30, going and meeting and greeting and shaking hands and kissing babies and giving a speech. And for someone at home, these are long, long weeks. Like, and and Julio takes all of that on. And and there's going to be a point. It's not here yet. There's going to be a point where he's going to stop doing that. And where he's going to say, I'm putting all my energies toward winning a championship and that more than any brand building or more than, you know, putting myself out there is going to be the only priority. But for now, he is trying to do it all at once and showed last night is doing it pretty successfully. What is how does Seattle compare to some of the other cities that have done this? I'm not just saying, you know, Seattle's a great sports town like you guys know that. And there's been one really, really interesting thing that's happened this week. What do you think it is? In my mind, coming here, something I did not expect. Mm. The food's great. The weather's great. I knew that. I knew that. The baseball. Not, the base, not, some of the some of your compatriots, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> Let, okay. Let's yeah. Let's <laughs> let's address this. the the few The few things that have happened this week. There have been. There have been. Uh, honestly, guys. I, I'm I'm very proud of you because your listenership here oh. is far and wide. And I have had so many people this week come up to me and say, I love you on Brock and Sock. Wow. Really? Like, it's been really, really cool. Um, but one guy came up to me 
and and he just sort of like smirked. <laughs> <laughs> he, he just he was just sort of like. Mm-hmm. I went blank, and he just walked away. <laughs> what you don't know is that that was Howdy. <laughs> you don't know what he looks like, so you have no idea if that was him Short, or not. Stocky, yeah. wider than he was tall. Yeah, yeah that was that was boy Howdy. Yeah, and and there was there was one guy who came up to me and was a little aggressive. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like it's about like, the spoiled thing. It's like passing. I think I'm spoiled. <laughs> that was Bob Stelton. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Might have been. Wow. wow. Yes, but then he smiled. He's no, like, bro, I'm just kidding. Phew. Just kidding. Well, that's good. So uh, what is the one thing? Have you said it yet? I have not said okay. it. Yet. What is it? So what sets this apart? The true, deep loathing. Of the Houston Astros. <laughs> yes. Oh my! How crazy God. was that at the draft, dude? The draft last night. Last night. Yeah. I mean, I had no idea that. It, like, this is worse than I've heard it in L.A., mm-hmm. where they lost the World Series to the Astros. This is worse than I've heard it in New York. Like, this is the most concentrated booing of Houston Astros people that I have ever seen. It, which is something, considering we're going on like five years now yeah. after. Well, I think it also has to do with last year, and you know they get knocked out by the Astros, and they're in the same division. They showed up in this division, they were supposed to be terrible, yeah. and all of a sudden <laughs> they, they went on like juggernauts. the world's greatest run. I mean, like <laughs> that doesn't help matters much. They've beaten the Mariners, I don't know how many times, so you get a lot of frustration there. I thought Manfred handled it really well. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. What in the Scantum B Anthem <laughs> happened to the commish? Yeah. Are you familiar with Scantum B Anthem? No. Oh, That's something Jerry told us sometime. We weren't sure what he was talking about. Try to figure this out. Yeah, can you Scantas they may have them. Hold on, hold on. Can you slow it down a no. little? No, we refuse. You hold have, to, okay, you have what, to figure it out. What, one more time. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> wrong one. Wrong clip. they may have them. <laughs> we know what he was that? saying now. He was trying to say scant as they may have been. Yes. Scant, as scant as they may have been. Are you sure? <laughs> it's not, there's not a chance that's what it is. It's absolutely what he's saying. That's what Jerry said he was saying. Well, right, but <laughs> I'm sure Jerry said he was saying Scant them the anthems. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of those the things. The commission got a little shook. The commission didn't really like that, huh? No. Yeah. He, no. I, and, and here's the thing. He was wrong like in hindsight the way he handled it stunk yep and at the time i didn't think that was the case Mm -hmm. honestly Mm -hmm. i was totally wrong about that too because there you know they took a risk their their risk was that when they talked with players they were not going to get anything more than they had already anything more than evan drellick and ken rosenthal reported in the original story and that's pretty much what happened mm-hmm. a few details here and there mm-hmm. but not much from players and if you're giving immunity it's almost like is is the fbi going to give a deal to someone unless they know that person has the goods Major League Baseball gave the deal to all of the Astros players because they were afraid that if they tried to go out and nail them for doing this, the MLBPA was going to put a stick in the gears and make this thing into a multi-year story. Well, guess what it turned into? 
exactly what they were trying to avoid. Yeah. Precisely. Well, yeah. you heard it the other night, Sunday night. Yeah, I think you heard it from these fans. And I don't know. I think maybe the, uh, quite honestly, the, the the sports fan in this town has been emboldened a little bit. You know, years ago, we were always a passive-aggressive South Alaska, Pacific Northwest. And then, you know, a team right across the street came into town with Marshawn, <laughs> who you saw last night. And I think it's just emboldened the fan here. In Did you hang market. with Marshawn later last night? Was that your night? No. Okay. I just wasn't I sure. Did, no, I did, however, see Bobby Wagner. Oh. And Bobby Wagner, it was one of the, These are my favorite situations when somebody says they like my work and I don't believe them. Huh. And it's not that I... It's not that I think Bobby Wagner is a liar. I just don't think he has any idea who I am at all. <laughs> he might. You think? It's not impossible. I don't know how much Bobby likes baseball, but if he does, he will definitely know who you are. Yep. Like he's Bobby's the kind of guy we've told this story on the air where if he hears you talking about him or it gets back to him, he'll call you. Mm-hmm. I love that. Which, by the yeah. way, I love. I say that with great respect. Like Bobby heard me at some point say something and he texted me and I wrote him back and we ended up talking for a while and parted probably understanding each other better than we did before it. I mean, he's just, that's the kind of guy he is. I mean, so he it, might know who you are. Isn't it nice when you like talk with people yep (laughs) and and instead of just getting mad about something you heard somebody said forthhand yes that is a good thing can we talk mariners for a couple of minutes here kind of where they're at they win seven of nine to finish off the first half they do it against three pretty good teams what does it mean and what does the next three weeks mean now this was the run that they needed to start they need to continue it now and if you know, I still don't think they are going to be heavy buyers or sellers at the deadline uh, unless they go on, you know, another seven of nine or an 11 of 13 and really thrust themselves into that position. And a- as we've seen, this, like the trade deadline is going to come down to July 29th, 30th. 31st mm-hmm. and August 1st. There's going to be like a 96-hour window where pretty much everything happens. So understanding that, if you're a team like the Mariners and you're sort of in between, you can give yourself that leeway. And that you know that's great. It, it gives you time to understand not who you are, because I think they know who they are right now, but to understand where you are in the context of everybody else. Yeah, and everybody else is still fairly competitive. I think that's what we learned last year leading mm-hmm. up to the deadline. These two wild cards have changed the trade deadline. Used to be this guy's favorite day of the year, like when we started. Yeah, because there were real buyers and sellers. Correct. Dave Ross was asking me about the trade deadline yesterday, and I was like, well, they're all buyers. There just aren't that many sellers anymore. We might get there, though. I hope so. Because but that's what co- makes like, the trade deadline great, when you've got a little of both. The Cardinals might sell. Yeah. White Sox, it looks like, are going to sell. White Sox are probably selling. Um, I, I think they're going to be... I don't think the Mets are going to sell. I don't think the Padres are going to sell. That's, like, that, that would, would change re- everything. That would really change things. So how significantly are those teams going to sell? I mean, I read the uh, Heyman piece yesterday saying the White Sox will consider everyone except for the four players you might actually want on their team. <laughs> it's like, okay, like, we'll great. Give you, we'll give you Lucas Giolito right. and, and no one else. else. Like, yeah. Oh, but you want Lewis Robert? No. You want, like, okay, so that's fine. Yep. The Cardinals do have a lot of really young talent. I saw Nolan Arenado's name even mentioned 
as a possibility that he could get dealt. I mean, like, how how big could this go? The Cardinals could go a little bigger, I think, than people think. The White Sox, no one's untouchable. That's the reality. No one's untouchable if you make the right offer. Like there, there's just a, there's always calculus involved. I understand that the Reds wanted to move Luis Castillo, but they needed to get Noel V. Marte and Edwin Arroyo before they did that. Like they, they needed to be blown away, and that's exactly what the Mariners did. And that's been a trade. I think that's been mutually beneficial. Mm-hmm. Like, you look back on that deal, nobody misses Noel Marte and Edwin Arroyo, and nobody in Cincinnati, well, actually, Cincinnati does miss Luis Castillo. Mm-hmm. They could really use well, him right, right now. They but in really the future, right they'll be now. pretty excited to have those two guys with their new superstar and everything else. So, yeah, I mean, it's okay for trades to be mutually beneficial. Do you think there's any Mariner that's untouchable? Julio. He's it? Julio's untouchable. Um, I, I would bet Kirby's untouchable. I can't imagine a scenario in which they traded George Kirby. Can you? Oh, Jeff's got the like, I don't know, maybe they would trade George Kirby face. Yeah, I I think George Kirby could be moved, but I think it would have to be for like a top 20 player in all of baseball. Like it would have to be for the sort of guy who other organizations would say he's untouchable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to, there are other players that wouldn't be moved. I mean, they're not going to move Luis Castillo because he's got a new contract and all that. That's not to say they wouldn't, but they're not gonna. The the real questions I have, the two guys that are most interesting to me in their major league roster are Logan Gilbert because of how much you could get back. And the other one for me is Brian Wu. And I, I, I've kind of brought him up now a few times because I think he's in a unique position. He cannot finish this year. He only has so many starts left in him. Because of you know previous injuries and where he's at, build up, he's only got a handful or a dozen starts left this year. So if you're the Mariners and you've he's now shown that he can do it in the big leagues, so I would think that gives him more value than a prospect that hasn't done it in the big leagues, and he can't pitch for them the rest of this year for a team that is truly selling. Is Brian Wu like a kind of unicorn where oh my god you could acquire a guy that's done it but can't do it the rest of this year when you don't need him anyway? Yeah, but isn't that putting too much emphasis on a 2023 season that hasn't warranted doing that yet? Probably. If if this is 2022, Brian Wu is like the, you know, the greatest trade bait of all time. But now for this team, for for this lineup that still even though it's been on a nice run here, doesn't give you a whole lot of confidence that it's going to hit better this October than it did last October, and it really didn't mm-hmm. hit much last October. I just don't know if during the season is necessarily the right time to do that. You're, I mean, your analysis here is spot on. If Brian Wu were to move, he would be the right guy to trade. But I don't know, man. I, I look at what this rotation can be going forward, and I'm not going to say punt on 2023. I'm just going to say be judicious about how much energy and effort you put into making 2023 the priority as opposed to the years going forward because you don't want to overcompensate for mistakes that you made months Mm -hmm. ago by trying to go a little bit too far. I think some of the challenge in this market with that is, and we saw this in free agency this last year, we've heard it the last few years, free agency A isn't great because people are locking their own up, and then B, the hitters, 
Not a good class. Mm-mm. And they don't want to come here anyway. And then the trade market last year is we talked to Jerry every single week. Disintegrated. It, it's just it's just slow. I mean, there just isn't the market that there used to be for one that is built on drafting and developing and then that third component of trading. And just very, very curious. So you could say in all of your analysis. Well, Jerry, Jerry's always tweaking, though. You know, Jerry's like, yeah, he's itching. Can they trade? <laughs> like, and so I, I think. Let's put it this way: I think there will be trades to be had for bats this off season. Mm. They're going to be expensive, though, yep. and they're going to be expensive because what bats are there in free agency? Like, it is yep. very, very yeah. slim pickings. Well, and if you're thinking about trading a Cole Young, it's a good thing you just drafted a kid who's exactly like him in the first round. This, I mean, like you could kind of see their plan. Brock said, free agent bats don't want to come here. Yep. Trading for free for, for bats has been incredibly expensive prospect-wise. Well, you better draft bats. And they drafted their first four players this year were yep. all bats. You know what, though? It's interesting, though, because instead of drafting, it, I, I think this leans more toward the Mariners are going to make some trades because if they wanted bats that were going to be close to the big leagues, they would have taken college guys. Mm-hmm. Instead, you know, they take Colt Emerson, high school mm-hmm. shortstop, Johnny Farmello, high school center fielder, Ty Peake. High school shortstop, all incredibly like athletic, uh, and and yet in Emerson's case, really polished guys. And you're right, Emerson and Cole Young, pretty similar <laughs> comps. And Cole Young has turned out pretty damn good. Like if there were a redraft from 2022, Cole Young's probably a top ten pick. Wow. You got a super busy day. You got to get running here. Last question for you. You were on with us last week, and it's amazing what one week of good baseball can do. The math you said is going to be really tough. You know, as you just look up, well, that math's gotten a little easier. Rangers are six, Astros four in the wild card now. Can the Mariners mathematically make a run? And if so, how important is Minnesota, Detroit, Toronto coming out of the break at home? I think Minnesota, Detroit, and Toronto coming out of the break is more important for just how much the Mariners are going to invest in the last two months of this season than what the standings are going to look like. Because we, we also have to remember trades don't always work. Like you can, you know, you can, you can go, you can go for it and it can turn very ugly, very quickly. And it's not like there's a, a, you know, a waiver trade deadline now where you can go off and sell the guys that you just traded for Matt. No, that doesn't exist. Like you have to be, all in or all out by August 1st. And maybe the Mariners pick up a couple of people. Didn't they do that a few years ago? Yeah. Where they, they did work. the little buy-sell thing. That the was deadline. the year they traded Graveman and yes. got back Toro, Toro and yep. some other folks. Don't and, bring his name. Yeah, I know. Brock hates Toro. Don't bring his name. Yeah, no, it, it, it's funny how that'll happen. I'll never forget being in Las Vegas for some reason, watching on TV when the Yankees traded for Jeff Weaver. And I just remember whoever it was on Baseball Tonight, like, well, good luck, everybody, because now the Yankees have Jeff Weaver. It's like, <laughs> well, that did not work out the way it was supposed to. Maybe it was early 2000s, something like that. Hey, last thing, good point from the 509, because uh, you know, I think what you said is a commonly held view that, hey, their offense struggled in, uh, in October. They played five games in October last year. Four runs, ten runs, seven runs, 
two runs, zero runs. It was the last two games. But that, that, that last two games out. obviously stand out yeah. to everybody because, well, the second of them was two games in one. Yep. It was 18 innings long where nobody scored. And maybe that was the shadows. Maybe it was the pitching. Maybe it was the offense. But yeah. I don't know. I, I still believe that this offense is capable of a lot more than it's done so far this year. And if what okay, we saw when's, last when's night. It gonna, when's it going to show up? Well, I think what it needs Mike, still. we're like 90 games into the season. I know. And yet. Sometimes I, you are what you are. And yet I still believe that. I'm not saying they're going to be the 27 Yankees. By the way, in a few years, are we going to have to stop saying that? The 27 Ooh, Yankees? Good like question. when we get past 2027, do we have to stop saying the 27 Can Yankees is the comp for everything? He's got a busy day. He's got a lift rider out there. He's when go. Julio starts hitting, which I still think he will do, this offense will be better. Just the way Texas has come back to earth, the way we talked about. Like some of these things will develop over time. They just take time to happen. The pitching's so good. Texas or Hughes or or here? Here. Okay, good. Because I was hoping you weren't talking about Texas. No, no. It's pretty Thank good. you, Jeffrey. It's good to see you in person, man. I know. It's All fun right. to be in we here. Have to like see, we just need the Mariners to make the playoffs more so that we can do this. Mm-hmm. Thank you. There is Jeff Passan, and uh, it was good to get him in studio uh, and just sort of be around him for a little while. Jeff has an interesting magnetism to him, and he's got all uh, an interesting energy. So uh, it was great to have him here yesterday. Uh, I went to the game last night with my mom, and uh, just speaking of the Texas thing, my mom, very frustrated by all the Rangers, did not care for it, was very upset about it. Now, Different reasons for me, right? I mean, I've been sort of making fun of the Rangers and saying that they're not quite as good as maybe their record showed at the beginning of the year. My mom thinks there should be a limit on how many starters can come from one team. What say you? Yeah. If there's a minimum of people that, if you get the courtesy all-star, then why not make a maximum? Could you have a maximum? But then what do you do to guys who get voted in? Yeah, never mind. I I don't like that. I feel like that's one of those that you wouldn't like if it was your team. I don't like The Mariners had a bunch of guys that could have been in it and there was a limit and they don't get to have them in in their own city. That would be a bummer. Yeah. I mean, That's one of those rules that I think you like when it's for other teams. Well, I disagreed with my mom, but I, I thought I would at least bring it up and, and uh, send it out to the people and see what they think. She was not wild about that, uh, about that part of the All-Star game. Just too many Texas Rangers for Fair her. Enough. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I didn't really know what we could do about it, but I thought I would, uh, you know, at least let you guys know. All right. Uh, let's see. Coming up, Brock is going to be here. As I said, there is one word that I thought fit. Almost every single thing that happened this week, and especially last night, tell you what that word is and why next. It's Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710 and seattlesports.com.